0: Welcome to the Her Dark Materials Book Club. I'm Faye, hi. And I'm Rachel, hello. This is usually a podcast where we read and discuss Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free.
1: However, in this special bonus episode, we're going to get together to chat with a guest to talk about the TV series. This episode will
0: contain spoilers, so if you haven't finished the books, pop back when you're all caught up. In this episode, we're so excited to be sitting down with Jenny Owen Youngs, singer-songwriter extraordinaire and co-host of our favourite podcast, Buffering the Vampire (gasps) Slayer.
1: Hello. Oh my god, it's Jenny Owen Youngs. Jenny Owen Youngs. Not yet, not yet. She's coming
0: soon. We won't talk for long. No. She (laughs) came to talk to us and it was so much fun. Yay. She is um, an incredibly inquisitive person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've never been asked so many questions in an interview. It's
1: great. I loved it. I love talking about me. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) She was just fucking great to talk to. We've been wanting to speak to her for fucking ages. And we're just so happy that she had the time to do it because she's a very busy woman. She's got
1: so much going on. Yes, 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 yes. So this chat is going to be mostly focused around the TV series as Jenny does confessed to us very early on that she hasn't read the books in a long time. We have a really great chat about her experience with the books but we're mostly focusing on the TV series here and fortunately there are not too many spoilers for the second set of books So as long as you've read the first three, you should be okay in this conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there are no spoilers at all for those books. Because Jenny hasn't read them, so we didn't want to spoil Jenny. Yes. (laughs) I mean, obviously, both of us have been a huge fan of Jenny's work on buffering and Jenny's music for a long time. So long. The new EP, oh my,
1: go, run. Yeah. Stop listening to this episode. Go listen to Jenny's new EP so that when she mentions it later in the episode, you can be like, I know all those songs and they're fucking fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was just a delight. I would welcome her back anytime. Honestly, I know that um obviously she is a podcaster, so it's kind of bound to feel that way, but it just kind of felt like we had a third host. It didn't really feel like an interview. We were just like chatting the three of us and it was great. Yeah, it was it was it was very fun.
1: I enjoyed it a lot. If you are into pretty much any pop culture stuff Jenny will probably have written a song that vaguely references it <laughs> especially this most recent EP references video well each song is based on a video game I'm obsessed with it I'm obsessed um and we have a lot of great conversations about quite specifically the crossovers between our favorite media the His Material series and one of Jenny's which is Buffy so yeah it's great it's great for all the nerds out there just enjoy it it's so much fun talking to Jenny
0: obviously we're we're gonna let you get into this episode with Jenny very soon But we did want to tell you that in the last episode you listened to, I believe, this is how bad my memory is, I believe we mentioned that we might have some new t-shirts come in. I think we did. Who knows? Do you want me to do my best impression of Jenny Owen Young's? Yeah. Because I know she's going to listen to this. So Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God.
1: Jenny, please tell us what you think. (laughs) Please don't judge me. Please don't hate me. Wow, folks. I'm so excited to let you know that we have some super rad merch coming in. I know that I will love it and wear it every single day. <laughs> I feel like the world got it and then it got a little bit too valley girl. So I'm going to stop now.
0: <laughs> I feel like you did an American accent for a tiny bit of it and then just gave up. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> but well, folks, I'm
1: really cheffed. If you are on our Patreon, you may have seen a super special unboxing video where I was opening up the samples that we received and freaking out over how great they are. Um, I can confirm I've since showed the t-shirts to Johnny and my housemate Sarah and they both went, oh my God, these are so fucking
0: cool. So, you yeah. know, great reviews all round. Yeah. <laughs> we have the new, we will post all these on our socials, so go and have a look. But we have the new Alethiometer t-shirt, the LMP t-shirt where he's like crawling out from your boob, which I particularly enjoy. <laughs> and then we have like the... <laughs> You just made the t-shirt sound so unappealing. I'm so sorry, but I mean, that's what I saw when I saw it and I was like, I fucking love it. It's great. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Yes. And
0: then we still have the old logo tees, the older logo tees and the uh, big C energy tee all up in the shop, along with like stickers, bookmarks, all that kind of stuff. hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop. Go and check it out. Go and buy stuff. It's one of the best funnest and most rewarding ways to
1: support the podcast that isn't our patreon (laughs) yes it is that's very very true because you get to rep some cool merch and show everyone how cool you are but also you get to buy merch from a very independent independent artist independent podcast it's great it's great do it do the good stuff yeah
0: independent to the point where i will be lovingly packing all these orders in my bedroom oh yes She'll give each one a little kiss before she sends I, it off to the post office. I absolutely will, 100%. <laughs>
1: Unless you don't want that. You have to specify in your order if you <laughs> yeah. don't want that.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, please. I will respect all, all wishes uh, to do with me kissing parcels. <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything else we need to say in this episode. The next episode, we will be going back to our chapter read-along. It feels like it's been forever. I can't remember what chapter it is. Oh, it's... Is it oil and lacquer? i gotta tell you. I'm to tell you right now. And it's a merry chapter, I think.
1: It is. You are so correct, Faye. Congratulations. Thank you. It is a merry chapter. The first two words of chapter 17, for a little spoiler for you, are Mary Malone. Yeah.
0: And that's how you know it's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long. It feels like it's been forever. But having these two like episodes before has given us a little bit more time to like try and get back into the mind frame of all the work that goes into our chapter episodes, because there is a lot of work that goes into those ones. Um, But I'm looking forward to getting back into it. So yeah, that'll be in a couple of weeks time. We'll be back with Mary. Oh, yeah. But right now,
1: we're with Jenny and Youngs, and it's going to be fantastic. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hi, Jenny. Oh my gosh. Hello. It's so nice to have you here. Oh my god, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much
0: for asking me to be here. So you were the first person we ever reached out to to get on the podcast? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what, is it, what does it say
2: about me that um, Lin-Manuel Miranda was more readily
1: available? <laughs> Lin-Manuel was early. He showed up like five minutes early for his interview. He was fully, it was like, he is the most ultra punctual.
0: It was wow. scary.
2: <laughs> wow. But it
0: also, in fairness, it did take us a long time to get Lynn as well. So don't feel too bad.
2: <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm on par with Manuel Miranda as I expected. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for being um, patient and persevering and allowing me my very long turnaround time.
0: Oh no, it's all good. We know you are a busy person, so it's all good.
2: Uh, I feel deeply unqualified to be here but i'm going to do my best.
0: <laughs> honestly, we feel deeply unqualified to even do this podcast in the first place, so please don't worry.
2: <laughs> i was listening to some episodes uh, you know, to get in the vibe, which i'm really excited because i loved listening to i loved doing my prep work so much that now i'm going to listen to the whole thing, which is very exciting. always <laughs> nice to find a new pod to binge. but i have been i've just been i i've just listened to a couple episodes so far and i feel like i got I learned so much and I got so much out of it. And I think you're doing a really, really beautiful job. Not that you need me to tell you that, but also you just said that you feel unqualified. So maybe you do need me to tell you that you're doing such an amazing job.
0: Thank you. Yay. That's so nice. Oh my um, God. I, I mean, like most of our listeners know at this point that the only reason why we did the, do the podcast is because of your podcast, Buffering the Vampire Slayer. So thank you.
2: If I could do it, anyone could do it. <laughs> For sure. I mean, that's, like, so nice. What a, uh, We've seen so many, like, really beautiful things come out of um, the uh, the relationships that have formed because like because people have, like, found each other or connected or whatever via uh, buffering or um, been like, oh, they can do it. I can do a thing. It's so radical. Um, I'm wondering, maybe I should already know this. Did you guys know each other before? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can you? Not that not that everything's about me and my needs, but could you tell me a little bit about yourselves and how you came to be unified? Yes, <laughs>
0: amazing. So one of my best friends from growing up is a guy called Johnny. And he happened to get this new girlfriend one time. And I was like, well, who's this? I want to know who that is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to meet her. And that was Rich, And we met... I think we met back in when we both lived up in our hometowns, I think, for the first time. We
1: met one time, and you were really scary, and it was on a night out in Sheffield. (laughs) And the only reason Uh you were scary was because it was me, for the first time, meeting every single person that he's known since he was like 10 years old. And you were one of like 20 people, and I had so many names to remember. And I was like, Faye's cool. She has orange hair. And this is nice. And that was all I remember from it. (laughs) And then you moved to London and I was already living in London for uni. I went to uni in Wimbledon. Faye moved to London completely by herself, just like out of the blue was like, I'm going to get a job in the music industry in London and then just moved here on her own. And I think that was before Johnny even moved to London as well. So I was like one of Faye's points of Northern contact in London. And then, yeah, Ah. just real good friends. And then we both started listening
0: to Witch Please. And then we both started listening to Buffering. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So we we heard Witch Please talk about Buffering. And there's still, I don't know if we ever settled this, Rich, but I said, to, I was like, uh, I messaged you and said, have you heard this podcast, Buffering the Vampire Slayer? And you think that you messaged me, but I think I messaged you. So what I actually <laughs> think happens is that I recommended you Witch Please. And
1: then you recommended me Buffering because you were more cut up on Witch Please than I was.
2: <laughs> so, ah okay so this is like a really beautiful synergistic mutually beneficial sort of yes Mm -hmm. beautiful yeah
0: one of the reasons why we're so close is for sure because of buffering because we do a lot of things around buffering and the buffy community in general and we were like rich i know you have a lot of friends back home that are also into buffy but i didn't so like when i found that rich liked buffy and then we kind of started listening to Buffering together and I think we've always I don't think we've ever overtaken each other we've always kind of been up to date with it (laughs) so we're Mm -hmm. always like chatting about it and then obviously we like came to prom in March yes 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 great it was so fun
1: one of our first big like friend trips was to see you guys at the vampire ball though yes
2: yes yes you were one of two sets of two (laughs) willows yes Uh, yes I was just I was I just came across a photo of the
0: five of us in my phone yeah. the other day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's where we met Backpatch Emily for the first time. Hey, Backpatch! And then we saw her again at prom and it was so nice. Yes,
2: it was. Uh, Backpatch is the best. All hail
1: Backpatch. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like our trajectory. And then I was kind of scrambling for something creative to do. And I was thinking, what do I, what do we want to do? And we'd actually had a conversation like the week before being like, we could never start a podcast. We've got nothing to talk about. And then like kind of stayed in my brain. And I was like, oh, I messaged Rich. She was in Canada. And I was like, what do you think? And uh, she said, yes. And so I'd only read His Dark Materials in like 2018, 2019 for the first time because Rich told me to read it. And I was ah. like, we can do a podcast because Rich has read them a million times. And luckily she said yes.
1: I'm pretty sure my sales pitch was like, look, we love Buffy. We love a strong female protagonist. Why haven't you read this book series? Oh, yeah. And you were, I think you were like, oh, I've heard of it. But I thought it was like polar bears and fights and stuff. And I was like, no, it's a strong female protagonist and you will like it.
2: <laughs> well, and polar bears and fights. And polar bears Modern and fights, of course. <laughs> women can have it all.
0: <laughs> they can. It's true. <laughs> That's kind of our background, Jenny. But we would love to ask you particularly how if you can remember how you got into the books like where you were in your life when you read them for the first time
2: yeah 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 well one of my favorite things to do is buy a book or in this case a trilogy of books um maybe because people have been talking about it's just sort of been in the ether you know i think i maybe had like wrapped up the harry potter series and then was like but what else you know, and uh, the his Dark Materials books just kind of like always came up around that. And one day, I was in a bookstore in Montclair, New Jersey, where I lived. So this has been like two thousand six, seven, maybe eight, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And uh, I found like a an edition of it that looked very like cool and beautiful, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is everybody talks about this." I am gonna pick this up, and then I took it home, and then it sat on my bookshelf for until 2013 uh, yes. <laughs> as is my way I just had to let it you know seller I had to let it marinate just like really <laughs> yeah. age to perfection uh, and then I think I read them all in rapid succession in 2013 Isn't that right Or 20? 20 oh okay I know it's the year that Kristen and I got married because maybe she already told you about her crime against literature
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah she did tell us yeah
2: 2013 yes 2013 definite final answer I know my life (laughs) what is time especially now uh so I read them I read the books almost 10 years ago and I haven't gone back so that's the sort of blowing off the dust level that we're working with today book wise forgive me in advance
0: we're we'll we're here to dive into the TV show anyway. We might pepper in a few bits about the books here and there, but it's 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 all good. I don't remember the things that I did yesterday, so please Perfect. don't worry. <laughs> great. <laughs> I've read them about five times, and I can't remember anything that happened. So <laughs> we're
1: on the third book right now, and I'm like, I genuinely, aside from like one event, cannot remember where it ends. Like great, mm, great. <laughs> Every
0: chapter we're like shocked. We're like, oh my God, I don't remember this. And that's
2: what a great way to reread a book. Because if you know it's coming,
0: your experience is different. Very true. Very true. So before we get to the TV show, have you seen the Golden Compass film? Mm, yes.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. Um, Man, what a bummer.
0: <laughs> mm, mm-hmm.
2: I feel like they got one thing right. And that would be Sam Elliott is Lee Scoresby. That is... Correct. I f- have a dark feeling that this will be a deeply controversial opinion um, in this space and many others, but I feel like the TV show for me has gotten like two things wrong, and one of them is Lee Scoresby. Lin-Manuel Miranda is many things. Is he a rugged, hot air balloon pilot, grizzled through uh, years of adventure? I don't know. I think there is like a um, like a gentleness or like a sweetness that maybe is just, like, so inherent in him as a being that, like, I feel, I feel like uh, that's, like, the, you know, one of two things that feels like a little bit of a miss for me with the show. And I feel like if you could just swap those two things, maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda Asley Scoresby could make the film somehow just, like, make everything slot into place perfectly. And then... <laughs> Well, Sam Elliott, get that big bushy mustache, get him in that hot air balloon. You know what I mean? I'm
1: sorry. Don't You apologize. do not need to apologize. No. No. <laughs> we all. had a very similar thing when the casting was announced. We were like, is Lynn not a bit young? Like, I had Sam Elliott in my head because I saw the Golden Compass film. And then anytime I reread the books, that's who popped into my head. And very much but then rereading the books for the podcast we did notice that upon describing lee scoresby at no point did they say that he wasn't hot so (laughs) (laughs) or that he wasn't or that he was particularly old even i think Mm. perhaps lyra sees him as old because she's like 12 and anyone over 30 is old when you're 12 sure Um, sure so there is some of that we do think there was wiggle room there we've 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 come around to it but initially i was like who's He's not Sam Elliott. This isn't allowed. I feel like I didn't, I don't know what year the
2: film came out, but I know I saw it like well after I read the book. So I had like no awareness of the casting. But when I was reading the books for the first time, I was just picturing Sam Elliott anyway. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I was just like already there, mustache cowboy. It is, I wonder what it would be like to go back though. Yeah. And read, reread the books and have Lin-Manuel in my in my mind's eye it might it might feel better but right now I'm just in a state of it's just like the one sort of um uh suspension of disbelief issue that uh has been coming up for me watching the first two seasons
0: I I don't think you're alone in that at all I I I think for me because I had read the books and then watched the Golden Compass film for the first time just after we'd read the books. and I think after I'd seen the TV series, right, Rach, I think. Mm-hmm. So I was like, number one, what the fuck is this? Because it's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> number two, it kind of... I think that I already knew when I first started reading the books that Lin-Manuel had been cast as Lee Scoresby. Because mm. I think they'd announced the cast like quite a while before I read the books. So I was like, I think I kind of already had that in my brain. But yeah, I think Sam Elliott does a great job. And I kind of agree with you that I think that he's probably the best bit about the film because I just don't want to ever see that film again. Honestly, I just, it's no, not yeah, for me. Absolutely. I just
2: looked at the, I just looked at the cast uh, cause it's, it's been a minute since I have seen it obviously. And I'm seeing now that Ava Green is Serafina Pecola which almost makes me want to go back. <laughs> but not quite.
0: You not know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Even okay, mm-hmm. sorry. Thinking about Ava Green uh is making me think about the the thing that I've seen the most of her in, which is uh Penny Dreadful. I don't know if either of you have yes. Okay. thinking about younger younger Lee Scoresby's, picture Josh Hartnett just like growing yeah. a mustache and getting in that <laughs> hot air balloon. Uh <laughs> I feel like Josh Josh Hartnett has, like, a, a sandpaperiness to him that he can access that, like, like, just a grit. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to picture Lin-Manuel Miranda with, like, dirt on his face, but it's also hard to picture Lee Scoresby without dirt on his face. You know what
1: I mean? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is a ruggedness that I long for, but here we are. I am glad you brought this up, Jenny, because I was going to ask you about it. I even, like, screen grabbed a tweet that I remember you tweeting in, like, 2019. Uh-oh. <laughs> Receipts. It was... I don't know a lot of things, but one thing I know for sure is a fedora has absolutely no place on Lee Scorsby's head.
2: Exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is... What, okay. Uh, His Dark Materials, the musical... Maybe, maybe a Fedora could work its way in there. But yeah, it feels it it feels wrong. And you know what? Like I I know that I'm just as susceptible as like, you know, demo itis or first draft itis or whatever, uh, as the next person. Uh so I uh with all of the respect and love uh in my heart that I have to give, uh, I just wish this was a little different. For me, I think it would have worked a little bit better. And what I think it's so glaring to me because the rest of the casting is just like so like just devastating bullseye after devastating mm-hmm. bullseye that like Lynn really sticks out as like feeling kind of tonally different from what I expected of the text, whereas everyone else is just like chill like chilling oh my god mrs yeah. coulter are you kidding
0: me oh my god, R- oh oh my god. god. be still everybody's oh. hearts <laughs> honestly she's the perfect mrs coulter i remember as soon as she got cast i was like oh she's gonna absolutely smash it mm-hmm. and she did she's so great and also as soon as she got
1: cast i was like yes mrs coulter is a brunette that she has not <laughs> done yeah. Nicole ah. man, get out <laughs> <laughs> vindicated <laughs>
2: What um what do you guys know Ruth Wilson from? I'm just like scanning her IMDb being like So I know?
0: I know her mostly from Luther, which is really good actually if you if you can watch it. It's like a detective show with Idris Elba. She plays a great character in that. Okay. It's like a BBC drama.
2: 2010 to 2019. Oh, it's a BBC drama. That's why I'm like what is this show that's happened for 9 years and has Idris Elba in it?
0: <laughs> in fairness it didn't happen for nine years they did that thing where they did like maybe three seasons or two and then came back after a long time I see, I for see. like the last one um but it's worth a watch she's also in i'd seen her in saving mr banks which is that disney movie that's about mary poppins but how they made it
2: oh oh yeah yeah
0: but those are two things that i know we actually had this conversation before you came on jenny because we were saying we wonder whether you knew who she was before you saw her as mrs coulter
2: no, she is purely Mrs. Coulter to me. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> I feel like in one of the episodes that I was listening to uh, before we got on, one of you <laughs> may have indicated, I think it was like a to- like some kind of torture scene, and uh, one of you was like, I would have liked more torture <laughs> than we got. I think she was wearing torture heels, as you perhaps <laughs> called them. Um, Who is... Who's more into uh, Mrs. Coulter doing a torture?
0: Probably me. Okay. I would say that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, the amount of shit we will
1: happily take from Mrs. Coulter and the <laughs> less than a millimeter we will give Lord Azrael to be a dickhead is like Mrs. Coulter can take miles, miles and miles from us, but Lord Azrael absolutely not.
2: Yeah, it is. It is strange. I mean, we've obviously seen a lot less of Azrael, but... Even if the sort of screen time was a little more balanced, I just feel like he's i feel like we're just like not seeing what we need to see from him for somebody who the angels are on the side of uh he feels more lacking in humanity than mrs colter
0: mm-hmm. uh, for sure
2: i was I was listening to you guys talk about the the scene where where Mrs. Coulter is sort of like uh getting into it with her monkey you know yeah yeah and how like it just like everything that I felt when I was watching it the first time came back up listening to you guys talk about it how she's sort of like in conflict with herself and like having this sort of like you were sort of drawing in comparison to like self-harm which I feel like is like right in the the center of like what feels like is happening there and it's just like such a I don't know I feel like I've never seen anything quite like that. On television. Absolutely. And she is amazing. And um so is the monkey? Yes.
1: <laughs> we have a lot little of monkey prick as we like to call it. Little him. monkey prick. Uh Brian <laughs> Fisher is the lead like the head of the puppet department and he's the guy that puppets the monkey. And we were lucky enough to go to a panel at the BFI a couple of months ago that was all about building Mrs. Coulter and her relationship to the monkey. And listening to Brian talk about the monkey is like the best thing that's ever happened to us wow and Mm -hmm. it is in an upcoming episode we've got like a little snippet of us chatting with him Ah! because we got to meet him and talk to him it was great uh so yeah if you appreciated the monkeys acting it's it's brian and russell are like because russell's the vfx guy that yeah coordinates everything it's such an operation it's amazing
2: (laughs) i can't like that was like one of the first things that really like knocked me over when i started watching this series it's just like you know it doesn't feel like that long ago where like (laughs) it would be you know something in the news cycle about like oh this is how much the like 30 seconds of dragon you just saw in the most recent episode of, of game of thrones cost and like you know it made it the most expensive episode thus far and like to go from sort of like that to like oh like regular like the the cast is is uh, infused with talking animals <laughs> that have to, mm-hmm, that are yeah. like, that look amazing and uh, are not just, you're not just like working, I don't know if this is like more complicated for them. I would think it would be. You're not just dealing with like an ermine. You're dealing with, you know, an ermine that turns into a wolverine, that turns into a red panda, that turns into, a, you know, an insect, like it's just like morphing all the time. Like I, and like keeping those, Sort of movements true to the animal, but also like all making them all feel like the same character, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like making the voice feel natural, just like wild. It's wild what what they accomplish in that department.
0: Honestly, it is bananas. Like talking to Russell, uh, the VFX guy, he's so great. And like talking to the people on the show, it's really obvious that they're huge, huge fans of the books, and they they're just trying to like do do them justice so like when they talk about like the puppetry because I don't know if you know this but they have like Puppets built of each demon. So there's like a little monkey puppet, and <laughs> Brian will like, oh <laughs> yeah, Brian will like operate the monkey puppet in the scene with Ruth playing Mrs. Coulter and then they'll film that, and then they'll take it away and do one without it, and then that's where they'll like animate the puppet. Wow. But so the actors, they're not just trying to act with like a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah, They've got like actual things to like emote with, and they're all really cute. And like the Yorick head is massive. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's just great the way that they do it is really interesting. Wow, I just got goosebumps <laughs> thinking <laughs> about that. Very cool. Yeah. So, obviously, the TV series is like fairly new. How did you feel when you heard that it was going to be made into a TV series? Seeing as, as you've probably not read the books since that time you read them in 2013,
2: so oh yeah, well, I mean, I have nothing but fond memories of reading the books. Like they're they were so great. They're so great. They were uh, so like fun and and moving and intense uh to read and knowing that the film adaptation was (laughs) left some things to be desired uh and knowing that uh HBO has a budget you know I was like very pumped it was interesting because I think the only person in the main cast that I was familiar with going into it was Lin-Manuel Miranda and that that obviously like that could go A lot of different ways. One of two main ways. (laughs) Uh, And I'm certainly not the most knowledgeable person in terms of uh, who are actors. Uh, Especially, I don't know if it seems like everyone's English or like a lot of people are English. Mm -hmm. And maybe like we have some, we have a lot of overlap, you know, uh, between what is popular in the States and what's popular in, in England but like we were just talking about with Luther like there's not you know like BB, BBC stuff I feel like has, has a harder time uh, getting a footing over here or whatever so maybe, maybe this like whole stable of, of very talented actors has been doing tons of stuff that I just am unaware of all that to say I was cautiously optimistic and then oh and of course I knew James McAvoy uh, but like you know he doesn't feel like as big of a part of the show uh, as most everyone else, and it seems like there are reasons for that that I'm going to learn as I continue to listen to your podcast. So I've, I've heard some hints, but I don't have like the full data. Where is James McAvoy dot com? Uh, the short answer is cautiously optimistic.
0: So we can kind of tell you that in season two with James McAvoy. So obviously he is not in. He's not in the subtle Knife at all in the book but they wanted to like weave in a storyline with him finding out the story of how the knife was made and that would give us like more context as to like you know where the knife came from and that kind of stuff but because of covid um they couldn't do it they had to scrap it was it james that got covid rich or somebody got covid and it was to just lockdown storyline
1: lockdown in the lockdown uk for, basically yeah. like they had everything scheduled and then it was lockdown and they were able to maybe a few weeks in when everyone was, when people were like able to kind of come back to work, if you were able to test again, it was like James McAvoy did a test, Russell Dodgson did a test, they went in, they did a few pickup shots in a studio, and that's how we got like the finale of season two. So. <laughs> wow <laughs> like it's very there's like a lot of people keep referring to it as like the lost episode but it's not lost because it was made and then gone it just was never able it
0: was written and never made which is like heartbreaking <laughs> yeah it was supposed to be eight episodes but it ended up being seven yeah ah yeah. right right, right. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's why we didn't see him in season two very much of him anyway Mm -hmm. In terms of casting as well,
1: I don't know if you'd seen Logan before the TV series of the Wolverine film Logan before His Dot Materials came out. Because Daphne Keane
2: is
1: the tiny little Wolverine, tiny girl. girl. And that was the thing that gave me faith in her because I was like, she is feral in Logan and she is brilliant. (laughs) yeah, And if she can act that intensely as, she must be like six or something at the time. I don't know how old she was, but like it was... And I was like, yeah, I have faith that you can do Lyra. This is good. <laughs> I had seen
2: Logan and like loved it, but maybe because, I don't know, you grow a lot between like six and, you know, 12, 13, I don't know how old uh, Daphne Keene was when they started shooting, but like, I did not realize that I had seen her act before until a recent IMDB uh, search and then I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> yes, of course. But no zero foreknowledge.
0: We had like zero foreknowledge of Amir Wilson, who plays Will, who's amazing, so good. He had been in some things before that, um, I think. But I think birth of the birth of the leads, Daphne and Will, uh, and Will and Amir, are so great. And I just think, how can you do that as as kids? Like I just, I it 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 baffles me. I'm like, how can you be so good?
2: Yeah, they're like stunning, and Amir like kind of, I feel like has, they both have. Uh, a lot of ground to cover um, in portraying these characters but Will in particular has this sort of like he has like a, a very adult emotional landscape to navigate you know whereas like it seems like Lyra has been cared for her whole life by a vast you know, cast of you know the supporting characters of Lyra's life, and, and Lyra has had obviously to to she's like doing this coming of age hero quest thing where she's had to leave all that behind and go forward. But it feels like like what Will has had to navigate with, uh, his father leaving and not coming back. And caring for his mother just like feels so much heavier, even though and maybe there's some like maybe it's maybe it's also like partially because Lyra lives in a world that we don't live in, you know, and and Will is where we are. And so his problems are a lot more accessible to us. Um, I don't know, but they're they're
0: both they're both just so great. They're just
2: so great. (laughs)
0: They are. They really are. But no, I totally agree with you on that. I think it's like Will is more grounded in our world. So his problems seem realer, I think, especially with him caring for his mum and dealing with like a one parent family as well. In talking about Will and Lyra
1: as protagonists and both in, a well, textually as chosen ones in their own right, we can bring it full circle back to Maybe a little comparison <laughs> to one of your favorite petite blonde protagonists. Yes. Buffy, yes. And the whole chosen one trope. Because like part of what you were saying about how Will's issues feel grounded in the real world, it brought for me up some of the most impactful moments of Buffy, which are when she deals with real life problems. For example, losing her mother and absent father. And all of the things that she goes through, even just like the financial struggles in season six and seven. Yeah. That they feel some of like some of the hardest ta- challenges that she ever tackles compared to full on apocalypses. So in the same way, I feel like you could compare that to Will and Lyra's journeys and that Will's tackled some real life shit and Lyra's just mm-hmm. ridden around in a polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> in a cool way, but it's it's less accessible.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, is it like sort of like my brain was like doing a few calculations is Buffy sort of, you know, are the two sides of Buffy's life, the life of Lyra and the life of will, or is there somebody else in the Buffy verse who feels like more of a Lyra in terms of like how, like what
1: they're dealing with and how they deal with it. I just want to say, cause she's, annoying but everybody loves her like Lyra feels like a dawn energy for me in terms of like she's (laughs) chosen there's prophecies about her she's like special in her own special little way but also
0: (laughs) she's a right pain in the ass but lovable but (laughs) (laughs) yeah and also because dawn's from from a different place you know Mm -hmm. she's a key she was she's not human she wasn't from that world
2: yeah she's mystically sourced yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and then will has to kind of look after her just like buffy has to look after dawn
2: yeah yeah thinking about other genre properties (laughs) i was watching a little season two recap video today too because i was like i did watch season two relatively recently but man things just there's a lot of tv Mm -hmm. out there yeah and ram is limited Mm -hmm. uh and it started with the the like the scene that sort of like explains the knife and it's all like golden and glowing and the many pieces and whatever and there's a voiceover and all i could think while i was watching it was like but they were all of them deceived like it feels (laughs) so one ring to Mm -hmm.
1: rule them all is is there like a video of it being forged as well like it's basically just the intro (laughs) for lord of the rings (laughs) yeah yeah exactly
2: uh can we get a, a check on Whoever's responsible <laughs> for those two scenes existing. That was
0: um so those again, those two scenes, as I think I remember this right, but correct me, rage if I'm wrong, weren't supposed to be in the the show. It was supposed to be that episode that got lost that was gonna explain everything about the knife. But then they had ah. to they had to like get something in there that explained what it was and where it came from. Put together a little exposition monologue.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. great. (laughs) Well, I'm glad it exists because it (laughs) brought me a lot of
0: joy. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I know that it's been a while since you read the books, but were there any particular like standout points from the books for you that you loved seeing in the series or you felt that they didn't do justice in the series apart from Lee (laughs) Scorsby?
2: I think seeing the two worlds, this is like less a like specific moment and more just kind of like moving between the two worlds and also the one in the middle with all the stairs mm-hmm.
1: Chittagatsi, which we only learned how to say because of the tv series <laughs> yeah yeah
2: <laughs> seeing the connective tissue between the two oxfords you know and then also seeing chitagatsi and how it feels that like those are like things that feel very like cool and like sort of they make me feel like they they gave me a greater sense of context for the books you know, I feel like they just, like, slotted some things uh, into my brain. And then Yorick. Like, I just want to party with some armored
0: polar yes. bears. If you don't mind, that would be great. Yes. They, oh, God, they did such a good job with Yorick. Like, everything about him. The voice, just how he looks. Oh, it's so great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: You know how these books are ostensibly for, like, kids? Mm. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> but then you know how, like... There are, like, parents and adults uh, just, like, torturing children yeah. in these yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does anybody think about
1: this? You know how, like, when one of your favorite characters gets killed in a battle, and, like, at the beginning of the following book, their your other favorite character finds their body and eats them? <laughs> just eats the corpse of his best friend? And it's for children. It's fine. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Again, season three... <laughs> We haven't even
0: got there yet. How are they going to do it? <laughs> What's going to happen? I hope they don't cut it. I would be so I sad. really want them to do it. Because, like, we know that Lynn Marwell filmed scenes for season three. I don't know. Did he just film scenes being a corpse, being eaten? I know his ghost appears in the Land of the Dead, right? Oh, is it the Land of the Dead that his ghost appears in? I at, think so. Towards yeah. the end? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Again. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> memories, you know? Wow. Um, but i would uh, i really want them to go there with that in the show but uh, i don't know if they will or not <laughs> <sighs> yeah
2: that's that would that would be a lot <laughs> that would that would be that would be a lot kids are really just out here <laughs> reading some fucked up shit
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh when we went to um we went to Wales recently to go to a his Dark materials panel at hair festival and predominantly the audience was, like, so many all children. kids. children. All kids. We were the only adults.
1: <laughs> wow. I was just thinking, gosh, because, you know, one of the, like, tropes of a British childhood, especially if you lived in my nerdy family, was, like, hiding behind the sofa when the Daleks come out in Doctor Who. Like, Doctor Who was, oh, it's seven o'clock on a Saturday night. Like, it might be a little bit too scary for the little ones. And, like, His Dark Materials is on at, like, maybe eight on a Sunday. And I'm, like... There's a lot going... This is very intense. Like, we're dealing with, like, the political systems, the, the, like, flagrant misogyny, the people, like, literally bombing the homelands of the witches. Like, there's so much, like, really intense stuff that's dealt with. And then you bring in all the themes with the demons and, like, Mrs. Coulter's relationship to her demon, Mrs. Coulter's relationship to Lyra. When the monkey attacks Pan, there's so much stuff that's coming up in this that you're like, this is eight o'clock on a Sunday night. (laughs) the children are still awake what
2: what are the what are what what are the entities that you referenced from doctor
1: who daleks they're the ones that look like a a bin they look like a they bin look, like a trash like a trash can. can with a plunger and a whisk sticking out of it
2: hang on a second
1: how do you spell this d a l e k oh no because my dad remembers hiding behind the sofa the original Doctor Who in the 60s and that was literally a bin with a plunger and a whisk and then they like upgraded (laughs) them when they brought Doctor Who back in like the early 2000s and um, then they're a little bit better and there was a big moment there because like a Dalek's main weakness originally was stairs and then when they brought the TV series back in the noughties the Daleks could fly and my dad was like no I'm out this is it. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: no, not mm-hmm. stairs! Oh god. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at a whole bunch of pictures of Daleks through time, and I'm wondering, do they do something that I can't understand? What do they? What
1: do they get up to with those that plunger and that whisk? They were base. They're basically just a genocidal alien species that wants to take over the galaxy, and they go exterminate, and then they zap you with either the plunger or the whisk i can't remember which um but also the trap the trash can does open up and there's like a gross little alien monster inside it that's like controlling the trash can yeah
2: oh yep i think i found one does it kind of have like two externalized brains Mm -hmm. or something yeah (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) that wasn't the scariest bit of doctor who but i just remember it being a like it's like a trope of like kids hiding behind like the scariest parts of doctor who with the with the weeping angels the like statues that come to life and but only when you're not looking at them that was like super scary. That was the the big one. Also Doctor Who enemies so good comparing to like Buffy enemies in terms of like the camp factor that exists between like the the range of monsters that you interact with. You can go from a giant rubber snake to like a legitimately scary thing or like a weird ceiling cockroach yeah. monster to like hush. <laughs> That was a big tangent. I'm
0: so sorry.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad that we talked about the Daleks. I feel better.
0: <laughs> good, good. Uh, Rich, I feel like you should ask your great nerdy Buffy demon question.
1: I'm very proud of this question. So, as a Buffy podcaster, as a general fan of vampire properties and vampire law. And somebody who has interacted with, read the books, seen the TV series of *His Dark Materials*, and understands the nature of demons in that they are an external um, manifestation of an aspect of your soul. Yeah. Do we think that vampires would have demons? Oh. Does your demon disappear when you are sired? And if it does, would Spike and Angel regain their demons when they regain their souls?
2: Whoa! Just from like a world-building place. I think when Lyra encounters a human without a demon, she's, like, pretty freaked. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, even setting aside the sort of, like, greater, I don't know, existential question of, like, souls and their function and uh, a demon's relationship to soulhood, just, like, the idea in Lyra's world of encountering... Uh, Not just a monstrous humanoid, but also one that is without a demon. It seems like the obvious choice to make, you know, a vampire even scarier, right, than they would necessarily be. Thinking about the demon as an externalization of some aspect of the soul also just like makes it feel to me, I think, like a no brainer for vampires to be without demons. And I could see it kind of going either way. Like once you lose your soul, you never can like you never gain like the privilege of that aspect. But also thinking about like Mrs. Coulter's relationship with uh, what would you call him? The little prick monkey.
1: Little monkey prick. Little monkey prick. Sure.
2: LMP. <laughs> uh, thinking about her relationship with that and like how it lets us see her kind of like negative self-talk to put it like very lightly Mm -hmm. and thinking about like how tortured angel and spike both are after they get their souls kind of makes me feel like you would have that externalization and it would be part of you know what makes them somewhat mad for a time upon regaining uh their souls this is my very rough idea
0: (laughs) What you just said made me think, because when Rich asked this question earlier, I didn't think of this, but it makes me think of, obviously, in Northern Lights in the first season, we see, obviously, a big part of that is children getting severed from their demons. So I wonder whether vampires, when they regain their soul, they would get their demon back, but it would be, like, the kind of horrible, like, severed version no. that we see at, like, Bolvanger. And then that also, like, birth parties... And not like mentally sane at that point, which would then, you know, when Spike and Angel get their soul back, that's kind of what happens to them. I wonder if it'd be a similar vibe. Yeah. Or whether it would be more like, have you, Jenny, have you read
1: either of the books of Dust, the second two that he has, that have been released?
2: As is my personal tradition, uh, one of them is sitting on a shelf, waiting For exactly the right
1: time. Cool. Then I shan't say what I was about to say because it will spoil stuff for you. But as we know, as you know from having read the third book, Lyra does also go through a severing process with Pan and is still reunited with him afterwards. The book still finishes with Lyra having a demon intact that is not in quite the same way as the Bolvanger demons. So perhaps it's that distance and relationship is what I was going to bring in without going much further.
2: (laughs) right 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 okay am i remembering right like that uh pan and lyra are severed in a way that just like allows pan to kind of like be far away from her and go about his pan business
0: Mm-hmm. when they go in the third book when they go to the land of the dead uh lyra can't go there with a demon so they right. Have to. right okay have to yes 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 that's just their relationship from there is it? Like Rachel, she still has Pan, but and yes, he can move a lot further away from her now. There's not that like connection mm-hmm. that like snaps them back together. Same with Mrs. Coulter and mm-hmm. Little Monkey Prick, but we never learn why. Same with the witches.
2: Are witches? Do you do you know off the top of your head? Are witches born or are witches made in this universe?
1: Born, but. The stuff surrounding Mrs. Coulter, demon severing, all that kind of stuff, how she can be far away from her demon in the same way that witches can, kind of leaves it open. But also there are some strict like gender binaries in witchdom that we don't appreciate from Philip Pullman that we tend to mm. like be like, I actually think being a witch is probably a lot more flexible than it has been written by this cis white man in the 90s. Um, So sure, sure, sure. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to do with only women can be witches and you're born a witch and if a woman has a boy child they're just cast out when they reach the age that their demon settles and they have to go and make their way in the normal world and it's like no I don't think that's how it would go down
2: (laughs) it doesn't really seem what's the word human Mm -hmm. doesn't really seem like what witches would be getting up to Mm -hmm.
0: are there any moments or anything that you can remember from the third book that you're looking forward to seeing potentially in season three from what you can remember if you can't
2: yeah my distant my memory is so fogged I mean the did you refer to it as the underworld or did my brain just translate it into the underworld? land of the dead land so of the almost. dead <laughs> uh, I'll be very excited to see what the land of the dead looks like and I'm also very excited to see what i recall as a great and eternal tumbling
0: maybe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: but mostly i'm really excited to see what happens because i don't remember most
0: of it (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's fair um when we went to Hay festival they talked a little bit about the land of the dead and you know what it's going to look like Mm -hmm. and um, Mia was saying that, like, do you say that his, like, friends, like, were there that day and they, like, tripped over in a puddle? So it was very dark mm-hmm. in there, wherever they built the stage. Nice. I'm so excited. Yeah. I think it's going to be real goth and I'm real excited for it.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. Do you guys... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to just take this opportunity to ask a question that I've been wondering about. And instead of... I mean, I'm sure I'll fi- probably find out <laughs> by listening to the rest of the pod. But we're here now. Do you guys have any insight... Uh, into how it came to pass uh, that Daphne Keen and her dad are both on this show <laughs> interesting
1: kind we've asked her or or him,
0: <laughs> so it's interesting because we we interviewed Daphne and she was great and lovely, and I <laughs> I spent about half an hour on the phone with her dad because they couldn't work out the time. Oh, no. And I was like, Father McPhail? <laughs> I'm like, cool. Um, I feel like somebody has mentioned it to us. I feel like Daphne mentioned a lot that, that she obviously was on the show and her dad. So, like, her mum is also her acting coach. Okay. And her dad's an actor. So it's kind of like a big family affair, really, because they're all involved in it. Uh, like, her mum's always on set. I and mean, obviously her dad plays Father McPhail and he, he's great but i don't think we've ever like asked anyone directly what that was whether like i wonder whether he auditioned i wonder whether they just like gave him the part i'm not really sure i think it was definitely like daphne as lyra that was cast first. right right
1: and then they're like well the Keens are going to be in town anyway we might as well cast him too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it doesn't seem like the kind of decision making that i would expect
2: from like HBO or even like a showrunner to be like oh let's keep this family together this seems like nice and good but maybe that's what happened I I, in my in my heart I want that to be what happened I want it to be like oh this guy's great and also we'll just keep this squad in
1: formation but it's my recollection they don't have a single scene together so right right. Yeah. right,
0: yeah right right I mean I wouldn't honestly wouldn't be surprised if that was the way that it happened so Jane Tranter who's the showrunner like I said everybody like has a clear love for the books but she in particular is really really loves the books and like she kind of took us kind of mostly for like most characters like her thought process on like who they ended up casting and things like that. And it's interesting, we were talking about Lynn Manuel Miranda. I think the story went that she went to see, was it in the Heights at uh, King's Cross yeah, Theatre, and saw Lynn Manuel. She was saying that he was like bounding around like a hare. And then ah. she was like, oh, I want to meet him to offer him the part. And I think with the kids, it was more, and, and, that, and they also had the same. I, Kind of similar idea about Ruth Wilson. They were like, we know we want her for the role, so we'll just approach her. And if you do get around to watching Luther, you'll know exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. I think the kids went through a much longer audition process. Yeah. So I just wonder whether Daphne's dad was like, obviously, probably very involved in her audition process. So they were just like, you'd be perfect for, for this role. Right, right, right. So, Jenny. Yes. We have a couple of questions that we ask everyone oh my gosh. that we talked oh my to. gosh so first one what would your demon be and that can <laughs> either be because some pe- some people have like an idea of like exactly what their demon is when it's settled and they've like always had the idea other people are a little bit more hmm, I don't know so you can either say what your demon is if you know it or what your me and Rich do every week on the pod will say what our demon would be this week if it could <laughs> still change so feel free for either of those
2: uh, based on the many reviews of my personality and character I have received over my life, <laughs> I think the only responsible answer I can give is something, you know, labradorian. Yes. That seems like the vibe.
0: I would agree. <laughs> I think that I think that suits you wow. perfectly. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, what are your what are your demons this week? Ooh, this week is a tough one. Because I have it. Take, do you know what it takes me so long? Because we do it every week. It takes me so long to think of one. Now I feel like I've gone through like all the animals. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you what yeah, my like, demon. What's your overall? Is. Yeah, overall. So I, my demon is a duck, like a little mallard. Because, yeah, my thought process behind it was, I really wanted. I love like the ocean. I love the water, just like any bodies of water I love swimming. And I was like, I really wanted something like ocean based. Like I'm obsessed with like whales yes, and sharks. So yes. I was like, well, yeah, I'd have to like live at sea if that was the case. So I was like, if I was going to live a normal life and I wanted some kind of like water based animal, I went for a duck. And also my last name is Ducker. So I feel like it. it oh, benefits. yeah,
2: that's that's <laughs> mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. OK, not that I'm trying to sway you or pull you away from your true self but was there ever a point at which you considered uh any sort of like ocean faring mammals uh la- that like spend a lot of time on land but also move freely in the water like a sea otter or a seal oh, a seal. Or a seal? A seal? yeah
0: yeah oh, they would all be so great I feel like you're just giving me ideas now for like when we for with- like next week yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but no I, I did go through a process and I would all those are so great but when I was like looking into like mallards and like how how they act and how it just felt very me and I was like and plus the last name thing yeah yeah so totally away, hard to argue yeah. with that <laughs>
1: predestination yeah mine's just a cat she's just a... <laughs> just a cat <laughs> it's no not just a cat he is a classic classic tabby cat 1.0 house cat extraordinaire <laughs> um very much yeah just cat cat 1.0 really um googling tabby cat 1.0 to get like a real nice <laughs> mm-hmm. very nice but yeah it just i'm i just am a cat person always have grown up with cats um when i'm picturing my tabby cat he's very much just the boy version of my sister's cat that we grew up with that she lived to like 20 she was an absolute beast uh-huh. um called matilda who was just like oh, this incredible <laughs> this incredible cat um and he, he just it just looks like her really like yeah just a cozy little homebody that is you know I have been told I'm
0: cat-like maybe I don't know you are cat-like you know where
1: you're like oh this is great I'm really into everything I have so much energy now everybody fuck off please (laughs) nobody come near me
0: (laughs) I need my space it's very much that (laughs) duck and cat cat and duck yes second second question that we ask everybody is, if you could ask a question of the alethiometer, what would you ask it? Anything. To be honest, I sh- I don't know what I would say for this.
2: Yeah, I think I, may- I might ask the alethiometer. What should I ask the alethiometer? <laughs> yeah.
0: I honestly feel that's such a Lyra thing to do as well. I feel like Lyra would definitely do that. Like, what should I be? What should I be I like the question that you guys ask at the end of a lot of your interviews, like, what should I be asking that we, what should we be asking that we haven't asked you yet? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Final question. Similar vein. If you had the subtle knife and you could cut through to like any type of world, where would you like to cut through to? Well,
2: you know, I think either. It would be cool to go to, like, Lyra's Oxford after things are chill. Do they ever get chill? <laughs> well, imagining a future in which they get, they get chill. It would be, I mean, it would be cool to go someplace where you could have a demon. Which is really just like having what you already have, but outside. And it's cute. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Or slash and. Slash probably not in my best interests, but I've clocked a lot of hours in Skyrim. I don't know if either of you has ever had the pleasure. <laughs> I've never played Skyrim. I'd love to like slice a little uh passageway into Skyrim. Hey, Rach, let me just let me just tell you what you're missing. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me set the scene. I'm sh- like shaking my desk with excitement <laughs> over telling you what. You have to look forward to if you ever take the plunge into Skyrim. For hundreds of years, people of Skyrim thought that dragons were a myth. Until now. Dragons (laughs) have returned in full force to Skyrim. They're uh, devouring goats. They're killing people. They're just creating general chaos, you know? And the only way, sorry, RIP in advance, dragons, the only way that a dragon can be killed permanently is if the dragon's soul is absorbed. Right now, the king of the dragons is flapping all over Skyrim, resurrecting dragons whose souls have not been absorbed all across the land. And uh, they're just ravaging uh, the good people of Skyrim. The only way that a dragon's soul can be absorbed is if it is slain by the dragonborn. You are the dragonborn. <laughs> and it's the fate of Skyrim is in your hands. I can't stress this enough. It's all going to come down to you. Can you believe it?
0: I, I, I can't. I, I feel the responsibility. Yes, the
2: responsibility. <laughs> Plus, if you're not sold yet, Skyrim is kind of like a like a Norway, like a like a medieval Norway kind of vibe. So you're like always like running through beautiful wilderness. The snow is falling. The moon is huge. Sometimes you see northern lights, you know, there's uh, wolves and polar bears attack you. I already know you like polar bears. Uh, (laughs) You can do magic. You can become a blacksmith. You can hone all kinds of skills. And it's just really (laughs) vast and exciting. You can make it whatever you want it to be. And it's another Chosen One story, because you're the Dragonborn. Okay, cool. Thank you for listening to this accidental
1: pitch. <laughs> Amazing. Love it.
0: I mean, I'm I'm sold. I don't think I've ever been sold yes, a game. Yes, so it's yes. incredible. Yes! Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Yay. Well, Jenny, thank you so, so much for, for coming on the podcast. We've had such a good time. Thank you so much
2: for having me. This is like so nice and such a treat and i'm just so delighted
1: to have gotten to have this conversation with you thanks so much i'm so happy that you're leaving this knowing what a dalek is you know (laughs) who'd have thought you'd have found out on a his dark materials podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, also i was going to say to you if you do listen to the pods and you catch up and you want to come back on the podcast you're welcome anytime i
2: would that would rock i'd love to come back after season three is happening, like when season three is happening. Yeah. Because uh, it would be cool to actually talk about the show in real-, <laughs> real time. Um, If that would be, you know, if that would be fun for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Well, we know for a fact it's airing autumn and winter this year. Amazing. So we're almost
0: there. Not long to go at all. So, Jenny, do you want to tell us a little bit or tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and where they can find you and all that good stuff? Oh, sure.
2: Yeah. Well, my name is Jenny Owen Youngs. Hello. Uh, I am a Sagittarius and I make a podcast called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, where we talk about Buffy and I write a song uh, about every episode as we go. Uh, so you can find us in all the pod places and then individually I make uh, music lots of music you can find my things on digital streaming platforms under my name which again is Jenny Owen Young's and most recently I released an EP of if you can believe it uh, songs inspired by video games one of them was inspired by Skyrim actually <laughs> uh, so that's what I get up to and w- where you can find all my things.
0: Thank you so much. Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. You are welcome back anytime. Come and say uh, hi. Thanks so much for having me.
1: <laughs>
0: wow. 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 Oh, to quote Jenny Owen Young's. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Oh, God, it was so good. It oh, filled my heart with such joy talking to Jenny. Yes. Thank you. So much, Jenny.
1: That was the best hour that I've had this entire month, probably. Oh, same, <laughs>
0: same. I love Jenny's big Labrador golden retriever energy. It's so fun. It's so fun mm-hmm, to bear mm-hmm. witness to. Because and she... her big Labrador golden retriever demon. Exactly. <laughs> it's so fun to bear witness to because you just never know where she's going to go with a the conversation. There were so many times when we we're chatting to her that I was just like, she gets a look on her face where she's going to say something. So we'll give her like the space to do it. And then she'll say something that is just incredible. And we'll be like, where did that come from? I love this conversation. You never know where it's going to go with Jenny. It's great. And somehow you end up talking about Daleks. Exactly. I really hope that Jenny watches Luther. Jenny, if you're listening, watch Luther. Let us know what you think. You know what? I've only seen like three episodes of Luther. It's really we good. we need
1: to do like a Ruth Wilson appreciation Luther watch along in the Discord. Oh, that would be great. Luther's great. It is quite scary though. Yeah. I feel like it's quite scary and quite like how is this man getting away with so much bullshit? Oh, that's for how sure. I felt
0: in the first episode. He's like harassing his ex-wife, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, it definitely has that vibes. But it's scary in the sense of that, like, I suppose it kind of deals with stuff that could happen to you in a way that you're like, fuck, that's terrifying. So it depends, depends on the vibe. Patrons, let us know. <laughs> if you're up for that vibe, give us a shot. But it is a great show. And Ruth is so fucking good in it
1: otherwise we'll pick some other like ruth wilson properties and get into them is there one called mrs wilson there's one called saving mr banks
0: is that what you're thinking of no there i think there's one called like mrs 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 something we could watch saving mr banks that's a harmless disney film about mary poppins no there is a tv series called mrs wilson in which ruth wilson stars but I don't know if she, her character is Mrs Wilson right but okay. also convenient casting but yeah we should do something like that yes I said it at the beginning of the episode Jenny 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 Owen Young she'll welcome back on this podcast whenever you want I particularly enjoyed that she asked which of us preferred Mrs Coulter torturing someone and I was like that's probably me <laughs> could have been both probably both of us <laughs> uh, hilarious
1: <laughs> i forgot about that outfit it's such a good outfit it is
0: and yeah hopefully jenny will come back after season three so we can talk about the whole thing or maybe yeah whatever we'll we'll make it happen because it was so much fun mm-hmm. thank you jenny go and listen to all of jenny's music my personal favorite album of jenny's is an unwavering band of light it's one of my favorite albums of all time so go listen to that go listen to all the other stuff go listen to buffering go listen to the buffering songs Basically, I don't know how the woman does it. She's got so much shit going on and it's all great. Go listen to LAX's, which is the
1: band that she helped to form. And there's an entire album, EP, of songs with Jenny on foot for that band. Yep, 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 yep. Delve into the world of Jenny Owen Young. you will not be disappointed. You will not. Glorious human. Thank you for your time, for yes. your yes. presence. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this special episode of Materials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at hdmpod and you can email us at herdartmaterialspod at
0: gmail.com. You can also visit our website at hdmpod.co.uk. If you want to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hdmpod. We also have a shop where you can buy merch featuring all original artwork from merch. You can find it at hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop. I'm fair, and when I'm not talking to my favourite human, Jenny Owen Youngs, you can find me talking about Paramore on my other podcast, Still Into You. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Still Into you Pod. I'm Rachel, and when I'm not here chatting to the
1: ever-wonderful Jenny and Youngs, I'm making cute and magical arty things. You can find me over on my Instagram at rachemakes, on Twitter and TikTok at makes, and in my online shop at rachemakes.co.uk thanks as always to Johnny Knott for his musical stylings and an even bigger thank you to Jenny for joining us today
0: and we'll see you in two weeks time and don't forget keep telling stories and all will be well
1: finish it <laughs> I love it yes yes